suffering cannot exist in the unknown. When we are brutally, ruthlessly honest, about our current experience, we recognize this experience right now as the unknown. When you look for yourself right now, at your current experience, what can we really say that we know? Do we really know who we are, what we are? It's a complete mystery, this experience of being alive, of being whatever, whatever this is. It seems unknowable. And even that would be saying too much. How could I know? that this is unknowable. Maybe it is knowable. I don't know. Our minds, our minds want to make sense, understand. Orient themselves to know what's happening. But at this essential ground level, 
of ruthlessly, honestly inquiring what's present. We can trace back all of our suffering. to a source of who we thought we were, of what we thought we were. But when we observe and see this who, this what, we don't find anything. So all of our suffering arose on behalf of something that's totally mysterious to us. And when we see that, we become unhinged from what we thought we were. This is why, this is why I love Zen koans. What is the sound of one hand? What is the sound of one hand? That's a Zen koan. Can anyone say? It's unknowable. And there's that momentary jolt of, and it is that moment that is, it's not suffering. So I'd like to read a little passage that I shared with a friend earlier this morning, and I read it last night before falling asleep from uh, it's a conversation between uh, Adyashanti, who is a Zen, Zen teacher, uh, with a woman who's got moments to live, days, maybe weeks, maybe, maybe months. And she comes to Adyashanti, and he asks her, he says, can you drop your entire past all at once? Can you let yourself see all at once that everything that was, everything you imagined, is no longer present now? Can you actually enter this moment fully? And this woman gave a very honest reply. She said, I don't know. He then went to visit her about a week later and her husband said, it's quite different now. The, the husband of the woman who's in the dying process, her husband said, it's quite different now. Before we were trying to comfort her and now she's trying to comfort us. Isn't that odd? What happened to her? A week and a half before, 
This is now Adyashanti speaking. This was someone who was on her deathbed. And in just a few short days, she had come to a complete stop. Why? Because she didn't have any time. She didn't have time for a process. She didn't have time to figure anything out. She didn't have time to get ready. The time to wake up was now. And the time to let go of her whole life of difficulty was now. And she did. And so, essentially, this wonderful woman did what took me almost five years to do. She was able to finally let go. The truth of the matter is that awakening itself is not a process. There is a process in terms of how we come to express the awakening. But really waking up and coming to an end of our personal suffering is not something that takes time. This fact is very difficult for people to understand. They say, but Adya, it does take time. It really does take time. What I've found after meeting with thousands of people around the world is that those who are still suffering say that it takes time. Those that are not suffering or those that are awake, however, are clear that it does not take time. So there is somewhat of a conflict here because our egos, our minds, the little self that we want to protect, these only exist in time. In fact, they depend on time. Our idea of ourselves, of who and what we are, can only continue in time. We often say to ourselves, maybe things will be better tomorrow. It's like the addict saying, maybe I'll stop drinking tomorrow. Maybe I'll stop taking the drug tomorrow. But what happens tomorrow does not come. Days and weeks and months and years go by, but tomorrow is only a repeat of today. Yet when someone gets to the point where there is no tomorrow, where to continue to be an addict is no longer possible no longer an option, then there's a stopping. It is then that we step out of time. When we're honest with ourselves in this now moment, there is freedom from suffering. There is really only freedom, boundlessness. It's so free and so boundless that even to call it freedom or boundless is limiting it, it's constricting it because it really it's unknowable. I'm just giving these two words to whatever it is that is arising, whatever it is that is this. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna finish reading because this is really, really just such a, beautiful articulation of what's beyond being able to be articulated. Time is the biggest barrier to awakening. Take a moment and imagine there is no time. 
Take a moment to just let go of tomorrow. What if letting go of suffering wasn't possible tomorrow? That today, even right now, was all you had and you had nothing else but today. All of the sudden you would look at your whole existence through completely different eyes. See if you can feel what it is to exist only now. See what it's like to completely take tomorrow and yesterday out of the picture. Some people fear that to do this would lead to feeling desperate or despondency in life. They kick and scream against the idea. I couldn't, that would be awful. But if you feel desperate, despondent, or depressed by this notion, it's because you still haven't removed tomorrow, because that despondency is only an idea that tomorrow will be the same as today. So it is possible for you to remove all notions of tomorrow. Is it possible for you to remove all notions of tomorrow just for a moment? Is it really possible to stop and admit that you don't even know how to stop? Nobody knows how to stop. You don't know how. Nobody knows how to stop. Tell yourself the truth. Nobody knows how to stop. Nobody knows how to not suffer. Nobody even knows how to awaken. These are self-evident truths. Everyone knows these truths if they look at them. But who wants to know them? Who wants to know that they don't know how to not suffer? Who wants to know they don't know how to wake up? But if you let it in, if you really let it in, just like an addict letting in the knowledge that they don't know how to stop, what happens? See if you can taste true stopping even for a moment. When you stop, do you suffer? Or in the moment of stopping, does suffering disappear? Your mind may say, well, it stopped for this moment, but what about tomorrow? That means you haven't completely stopped because in total stopping, there is a death. Something dies before you die. What you are can't die, but the idea of yourself is destined to die. There is absolutely nothing that will take the place of really stopping and dying before you die. There is absolutely nothing that will take the place of really stopping and dying before you die. This is not a physical death I'm talking about. This is a death of who you think you are, of your past and your future. All of that exists only in imagination. Right now, there is always and only freedom and peace. The question is, is that what you really want?
It's from his book, Falling into Grace, Insights on the End of Suffering. There is nothing more practical, more useful than this recognition, this understanding, because it is not, it is beyond and ironically inclusive of an intellectual knowing. It is beyond and inclusive of the mind because what is seen is beyond any words I can say because those words would just be an imagination, a representation of this unknowable essence that I am only pointing to. And yet there, if this is known in your experience, there might be a resonance remembrance before enlightenment. Mountains are mountains and rivers are rivers. At the moment of enlightenment, mountains are no longer mountains and rivers are no longer rivers. After enlightenment, Mountains are mountains and rivers are rivers. Now you tell me, what is the sound of one hand? I don't 